My lady fair, why do you stare at poor old Mr. Joker? You're quite as stiff and prim as if you've been eaten up <laughs> by a... Wait, oh, shit. As if... Shit. Prim, as if... <laughs> okay. <laughs> you've eaten up a poker. <laughs> Welcome to Fire hey. the Cannon. Hey, hey guys. Hi. Uh, mostly I'm talking to the audience though, so oh, just bite your little sorry. tongue for a second. This is the podcast where we, your host and producer, read the books in the Western canon and decide if they belong or not. We also tell some jokes along the way. This week we will be wrapping up our read through of L. Frank Baum's The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We are going to be reading chapter 17 all the way till the end of the book. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel. I'm Theo. What's your role in the podcast? Oh, you know, I would never produce a podcast. I'm just a little girl. (laughs) Thanks for accusing me of that. I've never produced any podcast willingly. I mean, that is true. (laughs) Jackie, do you want to say what you do? Yeah, I'm Jackie, and mostly what I do is, you know, I kind of just walk around and, like, look at stuff. Really? Sometimes I eat things. Yeah. What a simple life you have. Just walk around and look at stuff? What's your role on the podcast? My name is Simple Jack, and here's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I bring a dog that barks into the microphone. She's a host, everyone. I'm going to put an end to this charade. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, should we do a quick little recap? Theo, what do you remember from last time? Last time we finally got to the golden cap that controlled the bewinged monkeys. At that point, the wizard was revealed to be a fraud. There's also this whole thing about the wild cat who got decapitated for trying to eat a mouse. <laughs> Most important character. Yeah, we really made a big deal about that two-sentence-long <laughs> portion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In general, there was a lot of body horror. There was. And a wizard was revealed to be a fraud. Oh, and the Wicked Witch of the West perished and then did they end up going going back to the emerald city after that yeah and then what happened i remember he gives the lion some liquid courage yes wink wink and then he gives the tin woodman a heart with sawdust inside and said may this be the driest heart you've ever known and then (laughs) he does acupuncture on the scarecrow Mm -hmm. and that helps the scarecrow's chi flow a little better Mm -hmm. and suddenly he's able to have conscious thought (laughs) and then lastly uh dorothy um something happens with her right dorothy's like the least interesting character in the book he says like let me think about how i'll get you back to kansas yeah all right and she says i'm just a little girl i don't know how to go back to kansas i know i know dorothy i know that's why i'm working on it (laughs) yeah and he's like no i said i would think about it (laughs) so when we open back up it has been three days since the great oz said let me think about it and The whole time, the lion and the scarecrow and the tin man are all so excited about their newfound skills. And it says the scarecrow walks around just talking about all of the beautiful thoughts that he thinks, but they're so profound that he can't even share them with anyone. (laughs) I think that sounds worse than not having profound thoughts to begin with, right? Like he's alone with his beautiful thoughts. Well, he says he chose not to share them because he knew no one else could think 
as well as he could. Because <laughs> no one else would understand them. Jackie, you're saying he's going to experience loneliness now. Yeah, because he's saying, I have these thoughts, but I can't share them because no one will understand them. He's so misunderstood. Now he's like an emo scarecrow. Which you can relate to, right, Jackie? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, if I told you a tenth of the horror that's going on in my head right now, it would be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it sounds more like L. Frank Baum just really couldn't come up with a profound thought, so he didn't want just to trust me, say, I have give though. an example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I read it like the scarecrow wasn't really having profound thoughts, oh. but he thought he was. I see. I'm reading everything into this very literally. And another thing that I thought about was, you know, from the last episode where we discovered that he had a childhood nightmare of the scarecrow. It's like maybe the scarecrow's thoughts are all about just like throttling L. Frank Baum with his raggedy hay fingers. Oh, like, yeah, nobody would understand that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's L. Frank Baum? So you're saying this is a prequel to L. Frank Baum's dreams when he was a child? Yeah, maybe. Oh. Yeah, interesting. Because he never got him. He always woke up right before he was able to, you know, Choke the life out of him, so maybe he's just thinking about it. L. Frank Baum is dead now, so... <laughs> the scarecrow got him. <laughs> yeah. Never should have given him a brain. The only logical conclusion. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. <laughs> okay. So it says the Tin Woodman said that his new heart was kinder and more tender than his flesh heart. The lion said he's not afraid of anything on earth now. <laughs> Whenever the scarecrow thinks his head bulges and his needles poke out extra... Really? You know, you don't see a lot of representation of things like that. And so when I find that there's somebody else who has needles poking out of their head whenever they think, I'm just like, wow, I feel really seen. <laughs> you look disturbed. Yeah, I know. Theo looks pained. I could not figure out where you were going with that until the end. And I was like, wow, that is the weirdest thing to say. I told you, I'm only giving you a tenth of what goes on. Oh man, I had the weirdest dreams the other night. We'll have to get there sometime. Someday we'll get there. When do you want me to drop a couple of these bombs? Oh, do it now, please. Okay. We decided we're going to have a new segment starting and ending with this episode called Drop the Bomb, <laughs> <laughs> in which Rachel tells us L. Frank bomb facts. Here's something that I think Jackie's going to be bugged out by. <laughs> do you pick these facts just to worry me? Because you said that the last couple times. But And I was right. Okay, so here we go. Okay. Maybe next time, drop the bomb can be something that Theo is going to be bugged out by? Yeah, we'll get there, I think. Okay. As you might have recognized, this book has a lot in common with Alice in Wonderland, or it's got that same kind of weird, illogical children's book thing going on. Baum was inspired by Alice's adventures in Wonderland, but he found Lewis Carroll's plots incoherent. While Carroll's plots were incoherent, he thought the books were really popular because of Alice, because she was like a little girl protagonist, so children were actually able to relate to her. And it says that he was also influenced by Carol's belief that children's books should have many pictures and, get this, be pleasurable to read. He thought children should enjoy reading children's books. Isn't that crazy? What were children's books like before this? Think of the Victorians. They were just morals, basically. Just full of boring morals. All right. Do you want me to tell you some more bombs or just drop them periodically? No, give me some more bombs. Okay. Here's one that I think you're going to find really good and bizarre. I feel so much pressure every time she tells me, here's how I think this is going to make Jackie feel. <laughs> well, you liked that. Didn't you like that? You Weren't you bugged out by the idea that he was like, this doesn't make sense. Let me make something that makes sense. And then this is what he did. Wait, what does bugged out mean? I, thought, I found it funny. I thought bugged out would mean like dismayed. No, like your eyes bug out. Oh. Uh, I guess my eyes inwardly bugged out. They bugged in. So the witches in the book were influenced by... His mother. 
witch hunting research gathered by his mother-in-law. <gasps> I was almost right. I BSed my way into the right answer again. Wait. Witch hunting <laughs> research. Okay. I thought you gathered were going to maybe give us Gathered by his mother-in-law. <laughs> Imagine having a mother-in-law and you're like, what's your, what are your in-laws up to? And you're like, oh yeah, my mother-in-law, she's gathering witch hunting research. <laughs> so she didn't do it because he asked her to. He didn't say like, hey Mildred, would no, you mind? No, she like was, she had a collection of witch hunting research. Huh. And her research said, you pour water on a witch, the witch melts. You give a witch a gold hat, they have monkeys. <laughs> but anyway, pretty interesting, right? <laughs> I feel like I need a lot more information. For I'm it. just confused by all of that. <laughs> well, maybe I'll talk about it some more later. Maybe we can go over the witch hunting research in a Patreon exclusive. But anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, okay, so do you want me to talk about the bannings of the book? The attempted bannings? Yes. Okay. Yeah, why would someone want to ban this? This is a classic children's novel with nothing scary in it or nothing bad. There are a couple funny quotes that I've got. So in 1957, the director of Detroit's libraries banned the book for having no value for the children of his day, for supporting negativism, Whoa. and for bringing children's minds to a cowardly level. What does neg- <laughs> What is negativism? Like pessimism? Maybe. No, well, that seems like there's a whole word for that. Like, what? why would you need a whole... Maybe he didn't know the word pessimism. Negative is that has too many eyes in it. Failing to offer positive suggestions or views. So here's something that I actually noticed in the book, and we might like talk about this more later. But I feel like it starts to be a little bit uh, sacrilegious. What do you think, Rachel? Anti-Christian. Well, you're about to hear what some fundamentalists thought. Yeah. So maybe I'm kind of tuning into what they're thinking because there's a part pretty early on where I'm like, he's making fun of Jesus. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So at the time, a professor at Michigan State responded to the librarian and said, if the message of the Oz books, love, kindness, and unselfishness make the world a better place, seems of no value today. Maybe the time is ripe for reassessing a good many other things besides the Detroit Library's approved list of children's books. Anyway, I think kids in Detroit can read it now. (laughs) No, to this day, it's still banned. (laughs) (laughs) Only in Detroit. You go there and you're like, hey, looks like we're not in Kansas anymore. And they're like, what? No, I don't get that What's reference. that from? Is that a meme? <laughs> sounds like something that should be banned. Yeah, and people are passing around like counterfeit copies. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> there is a Russian counterfeit version where it starred Ellie and Totoshka. And the first one is basically just a translation. But after that, the writer of the Russian translation was like, I'm having fun with this. And then he just spun off to something else. <laughs> Am I supposed to know who Ellie and Totoska is? They're the Russian Dorothy and Toto. Well, isn't like the, that's, that suffix, the chka is like making something tiny and small. So it's like tiny yeah. Toto. But Toto's already tiny and cute. But now you know just from hearing the name. The Toto that nests inside the normal Toto. Yeah. The <laughs> dog. Russian nesting dolls are everywhere. <laughs> anyway, in 86, seven fundamentalist Christian families in Tennessee opposed the novel's inclusion in the public school syllabus and filed a lawsuit because it depicted benevolent witches and promoted the belief that integral human attributes were individually developed rather than God-given. Holy shit. That's weird. (laughs) One parent said, I do not want my children seduced into godless supernaturalism. Other reasons included the novel's teaching that females are equal to males and that animals are personified and can speak. 
That is not huh. what it teaches. It doesn't teach that <laughs> animals can speak. <laughs> In the Bible, animals speak, by the way. Yeah, the snake speaks. <laughs> so does this guy's donkey. Yeah. It just says, like, leave me alone. And then he's like, what? And then becomes a Christian or something. So <laughs> can we do the Bible as a Patreon exclusive? Because that was that was a wonderful explanation. The wonderful explanation of Oz. Wow. He just says, what? And becomes a Christian. Well, donkey, you've convinced me. <laughs> I'm going to be a Christian now. Leave you alone, you say? Here I go to church. That donkey, St. Augustine. <laughs> the judge ruled that when the book was being discussed in class, the parents were allowed to make their children leave the room. Wow. Okay. So I've got a couple more bombs, but they're much smaller explosions, so we'll talk about them later. Yeah. Okay. Back to the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's been three days. Everybody's like, oh, we love the stuff that he gave us. So on the fourth day, Oz finally sends for Dorothy and basically says, I figured out a way to get back and we're going to make a balloon and I want to get out of here as well. So I'll go with you because I want to go back to being a balloonist. He says, I'm bored because... He wants to work in the circus. He wants to work in a circus, but also he can't leave his rooms because then the people of the city will realize that he's false. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't being a balloonist be a little bit more boring than just continuing to be the ruler of a great city? be a pretend wizard yeah i think he's just too stressed to pull off that scam basically mm. that makes him a good guy yeah he's a good man he's a bad wizard how many times does he have to say it? <laughs> okay he tells her like i don't know if i can get you to kansas but i'm pretty sure i can get us out of oz he, he again explains science it's best to put gas in the balloon so that it will rise but all in all the land of oz there's no gas mm-hmm But yeah, so he says, like, gas is better because it's more stable, but we're going to use hot air. The problem with hot air is that if it gets cold while we're flying over the desert, we'll crash. (laughs) And she's like, sounds like no problem with that. So she makes the balloon. But so he blows it up and he brings everybody out. Oh, explain how they made it. Uh, they cut long strips of green silk. Yeah, Dorothy sews it together. So he's like, we can't let anyone know. So I'll cut the pieces and you sew them. And he just gets like different colored green silks and they make a giant bag. And then he climbs inside the bag. He actually says, help me sew it together. But then she just does all of it and he just cuts strips. Yeah. He climbs inside and he paints the inside with glue to stiffen it. And then he calls everybody in the whole city out to say goodbye to him. And he makes the, uh, scarecrow, the ruler of the city. (laughs) obey him as you would obey me what he's smart but if he's worried everyone's gonna think he's a fraud he just showed his face to everyone and then was like this is me i'm oz well he can choose to appear as an old man also well why didn't he just do that forever (laughs) Uh, he has a reputation to uphold but so he says he's gonna visit his brother wizard in the sky that's his excuse (laughs) that's where i thought he was making fun of god what I didn't think that at all. Bye. I'm going to go visit this guy in the sky. God, my brother. My brother wizard. (laughs) Yeah, my brother wizard. (laughs) What if people, when they prayed, instead of saying, dear God, they said, dear brother wizard in the sky. Would you go to church more? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. And then whenever something goes wrong, I could say, oh, my brother in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Brother wizard. W-W-M-B-W-G. I-T-S-D. What would, what? what would Brother Wizard in the Sky do? <laughs> can we can we make those bracelets? Yeah. Will you make those bracelets with little beads and send those out to our patrons? That would be cute. We'll think about it. We'll see if anyone wants one. Nope. I already thought about it. I unilaterally decided. If you become a patron... What would Brother Wizard in the Sky do? If you become a patron within one week of hearing this episode, timing it, looking at my watch right now, I guarantee you... One week from when it's aired, not one week of you hearing it audience the the release date (laughs) nice try we know you little scammers and schemers are gonna try to scam and scheme us yeah 
Yeah. I'm going to personally send you a what would my brother wizard in the sky do bracelet. Pretty cute. Um, so anyway, he appears as an old man, and I guess his idea was like, I'm just going to choose to appear as a slightly older man every year. They won't notice. But he says, Dorothy, come on up. We're getting ready to go. And she says, wait a second. I can't find Toto anywhere. And Toto is always just doing things like this he went to go chase a kitten so she didn't get into the balloon in time and the rope snapped because the fire lifted it up they had already started the heat going yeah so she said come back i want to go too and he says i can't come back goodbye and everybody <laughs> says goodbye oh, no. <laughs> and they're saying we are so grateful he left the wise scarecrow to rule over us what would be the equivalent of that and theo i know you love this game so what, it, what would be the equivalent of the president, like, steps down and says, but in it, in my place, I will leave you with... It's like if Barack was like, here's Bo Obama, yeah, my president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we know in, in real life it would just go down to the vice president. But what if they were like, and now I'm going to give this to Howard Stern. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, why don't you just make a scarecrow, put it in the chair in the Oval Office, and just <laughs> see how long it takes people to notice? <laughs> no, they'd probably notice pretty quickly, wouldn't they? <laughs> right away. <laughs> no, we all know the president can take whatever form he wants. <laughs> right. True. That is part of the American mythos. <laughs> Shape-shifting president. Wow. But never won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't take that form. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't I make it too too serious? <laughs> too soon, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Really. It's only been 300-ish years since the country was founded. <laughs> anyway, the next chapter, chapter 18, is called Away to the South. And Dorothy is really upset. And she thinks like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? And everyone else, they're all sad that Oz is gone. The Tin Man says, I know you're sad, Dorothy, that you may never get to see your family again. Here's the deal. I would like to cry. Can you just wipe my tears away as I cry? And she says, oh, with pleasure. And then he's like, thank you. And then he just <laughs> begins <pleasure>. weeping. <laughs> and then wow. she just carefully watches the tears and dries them all away as they come out. Each tear. Yep. Pretty cute. I feel like I would prefer having someone catch the crumbs that fall out of my mouth when I eat chips recklessly. Hey, would you mind catching the chips? Like a Roomba or something? Yeah, but a friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you would use your friend power to do. Yeah. You only get three tries. <laughs> uh, and then you have to pass the golden cap of friendship on to someone else. Mm -hmm. So it turns out the reason the Emerald citizens are so happy that the Scarecrow's in charge is that they say there's not another city in all the world that is ruled by a stuffed man. Therefore, they're happy to be ruled by a stuffed man. <laughs> the narrator says, as far as they knew, they were quite right, which I don't know if that's supposed to be political commentary or not. It's, yeah, it sounds like he's implying that there is a stuffed man out there ruling a city somewhere. So... Everyone's talking about how happy they are that they got exactly what they wanted and how they wish Dorothy could just relax and live there and be happy. <laughs> She's like, well, I don't want to. I want to go home. And they say, okay, what should we do? Oh, let's call the bewinged monkeys and make them carry you over the desert. Oh, easy. So they do. And the monkeys say like, this was such they a show rip up. Off. The monkey king says, can't do it. Sorry, we belong to this country and we can't leave it. There has never been a winged monkey in Kansas yet. And I suppose there never will be, for they don't belong there. So, bye. And that counts as one of her uses. And that counts as their second time. What? Yeah, really? Yeah. I guess it's because <laughs> I think it's you can call and command them three times. It doesn't say they will do what you want three times. So what? They could have just refused every single time. <laughs> no, it says they. if it's within their power, they have to do it. 
Uh, okay. So from that explanation, it doesn't seem like it's impossible that they could just get her right to the edge of Kansas and then throw her over. You know what I mean? No, the desert's not part of Oz, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give her a little <laughs> kick to the butt. Actually, there's a theory that Oz, instead of coming from O through Z, is because Australia was a new country at the time, and people called it Oz, so he just grabbed that idea, and that the theory is that he originally intended Oz to be, like, in the middle of Australia, like, in in the middle of some deserts in Australia. So, that's what the monkeys say. Everyone's sad. Dorothy's like, oh no, I wasted the charm of the golden cap to no purpose. Then the scarecrow starts thinking and bulging his head out, and he says, hey, let's call in the soldier with the green whiskers and ask for his advice. And that guy says, like, oh, you should go talk to Glinda, the witch of the South, who is the most powerful of all the witches, which there's only two left, so that's not that big a deal. He says that she rules over the quadlings, and her castle is on the edge of the desert, so she might know how to cross over it. And Dorothy says, she's a good witch, right? And he says, the quadlings think she is good, and she is kind to everyone. But she's also hot. Yeah, he says she's beautiful and, like, doesn't age. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah, where's the downside? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the lie? So he says, just walk south and you'll find it. So they decide they're going to walk just due south without ever deviating from the path because they don't want to get lost like they did the other time. Yeah. So they decide we're going to think about it or we're going to rest up and go out tomorrow morning. And the lion's really excited. Yeah. They say that there are a lot of dangers on the path, which is why the quadlings never visit the Emerald City. Hey, this place needs more like federal oversight or like unified management because well, everything is like you can't get from one place to another because it's so dangerous. Doesn't somebody just like call the DOT out here and fix the damn road? Like, mm. yeah, they should have done that with the monkeys. You know what my grandfather would have done about this? Like thrown a fit. So he's 82 years old. He lives in Philadelphia and he likes to ride his bike. He has like a, one of those electronic assisted like bicycles that can go up hills and stuff. Yeah. He recently became irate when he noticed that the city was not fixing potholes in a timely fashion mm-hmm. and it jostled him too much and he found it unpleasant. So he created a Twitter account just to tweet at the city of Philadelphia And his only tweet was just a sassy little complaint about the potholes. And he said, I can't believe that the city of Philadelphia can't fill these potholes. Some of them are as bad as going into a big ditch. And that was the only (laughs) thing he ever did. That's an amazing simile. He should have had someone take photos of himself, like, sprawled on the ground by the pothole, every single pothole, and been like, yet another old man felled by the lack of funding in the Philadelphia Department of Transportation. And, like, hospital bills. Just take a picture of that, send it to him. Yet another old man with yet another hospital bill. Yeah. The lion says, I'll go to protect her. The woodman says, oh, yeah, I'll also go to protect her. And the scarecrow says, well, I'll go too, even though I'm the king here, because if it weren't for Dorothy, I would never have brains because she lifted me off the pole in the cornfield and brought me here. So I'm very grateful and I'll never leave her side until she finally heads back to Kansas. That's that. They decide to leave the next morning. So the Emerald City is going to be without a ruler for a little while? For a little bit. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's not like the wizard did anything. (laughs) Is there a sequel where all hell breaks loose? Uh, kind of. (laughs) Okay. Chapter 19 is called Attacked by the Fighting Trees. Do you think J.R.R. Tolkien took his fighting trees from this? Mm -hmm. Because this was written first. I think J.K. Rowling took the Whomping Willow from this. I don't know. I feel like I thought of trees that move and act like humans when I was like three. 
But that was like almost a hundred years after this book was written. So you probably stole them. No. Anybody would think of that as a child. Anyone. <laughs> Anyone. Any child. Yeah. You're scarcely a child if you haven't thought of it. Wow. What an insult. Here is when life begins. Not at conception, but when you start to think about trees as huge fighting people. So, uh, all right. So we are in chapter 19, Attacked by the Fighting Trees. So great. They leave take their little glasses off. Why did they have to keep wearing the glasses? Well, here's something interesting. It seems like the idea of the glasses, as far as Baum goes, probably came from a short story he wrote where a farmer made his horses wear green glasses so they would think that wood chips were blades of grass and eat them. <laughs> Whoa, that's a story L. Frank Baum wrote? Earlier, yeah. That is genius. Yeah, the scarecrow says, I'll be back soon because I'm the king or whatever the ruler is called, the ruler. So they set out. Do, 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 do. They're walking along. The lion is so happy that he's left the city. He says he doesn't like living there. And he wants to show everybody how brave he is now. Yeah. They're so happy. They get to a thick, dark wood, and the scarecrow walks up to enter, and a tree reaches down, grabs him, and throws him at everyone else <laughs> in the group. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay. It's a good thing he went first, because they didn't know that. Yeah. In Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, the, cr- the trees are kind of like, they kind of ease into it, and they're kind Kind of creepy and it's like are those trees moving what's going on but this one's just like nope <laughs> that's so good that's pretty good yeah i know pippin is like mary the trees are moving and he's like i know i just got thrown 30 feet <laughs> yeah thanks a lot for giving me this info bomb made sure to specify that this throw didn't hurt the scarecrow but he was very dizzy because he spun around so much so everybody yeah. catches him and then he's like well you that maybe was a fluke let me just try this other tree so he goes up and he gets thrown again, right? <laughs> yeah, the lion thinks about walking and the scarecrow's like, let me try it just in case because it won't hurt me. <laughs> just in case we yeah. all hallucinated that. So the, the tin woodman says, it's my turn. Let me stand here. And when they try to grab him, he chops the branch off and it says the tree shakes all its branches as if in pain. <laughs> the tin woodman passes safely underneath and he says like, hurry up. So they all start running, but then one of the small branches grabs Toto. So then he chops that one off too. Once they get past that line of trees, they're like kind of jumping and wary, like, okay, when are the other trees going to grab us? And then they say, oh, well, it seems that that first row of trees was just the policemen and they were supposed to stop us from getting in. So now all the other ones can't move. Yep. The first row are the guardians. So now it's fine. And then I thought like, okay, now you've just introduced a challenge into the system and they're going to evolve now. Like you've made it past one defense. You're going to cause it so that like over time, every layer of trees in the whole forest becomes policemen. Mm. We'll see. And what is society when everyone's a policeman? What do you police then? Who polices the policeman? Who polices the policeman? Well, it sounds like the policemen aren't policing the other trees. But they didn't cause any trouble once they were in the forest. So maybe the policeman trees will be like, hey, we shouldn't have done that. All right. So they walk through the woods and then all of a sudden there's a high wall, which seems to be made of white china that is smooth and taller than their heads. So the Tin Woodman's like, I'll make a ladder. And that's the end of that chapter. (laughs) Chapter 20 is called the Dainty China Country. So everybody else goes to sleep except for the two that can't sleep. And the Scarecrow and the Woodman are kind of just chatting. They're saying, I wonder what's over that wall. And the Woodman says, don't worry, you're a little pretty head. The Woodman says, rest your pretty little brains. Don't worry about what's over that wall because as soon as we get over it, we're going to find out. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of good anti-anxiety strategies in here. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry about what age you're going to retire because when you retire, then you'll know. After the ladder was done... 
They set it up. Do you want to say what everybody says? <laughs> the scarecrow climbs up first because, again, he's impervious to danger. And he pops his head over and looks and says, oh, my. And then Dorothy pops up and says, oh, my. Everybody pops up and says that. And they look down. And what they see is a huge floor of white china. And on that floor are many houses also made of china, brightly painted, very beautiful. The biggest of them only reaches up to about Dorothy's waist. And then there's also little people and little animals and all kinds of fun little things. And the biggest of those people only reaches up to her knees. Right. And I spent a long time like thinking about the ratio of the people to the houses. And I was like, it seems off, but I'm not going to question it. Well, it's just mostly for decoration, I guess. I don't know. It seems like the only jobs in the country, there are multiple milkmaids, shepherdesses, princesses, shepherds, princes, and clowns. That's the population of the country. (laughs) Yeah, you either take care of the animals, you're royalty, or you're a clown. (laughs) And there's like cows and chickens. There's a little purple china dog that barks at them and then runs away. So the scarecrow leaps down and lays down and they all jump on him so that they don't hurt themselves on the china floor, but they make care to avoid his pin-filled head. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he's all flattened out and they have to fix him up again. Oh no! So they pat his body into shape. (laughs) Now is the scarecrow the best? (laughs) Yeah, obviously. Self-sacrificing. The lion is the worst. He doesn't do anything. Right, the woodman can build literally anything you need him to. Like, he's just Bob Via everywhere. And then... He's OP. The scarecrow is also OP, I have to say. And then everybody else is just, like, constantly in danger. UP. Yeah. I know what those words mean. Yeah, the lion seemed really great at first, but then L. Frank Baum nerfed him, so... It says the first thing they see is a China milkmaid milking a China cow. Do you want to tell the audience what happens, Jackie? They come upon the milkmaid and the cow, and when they see the big people walking up and the lion and everybody else, the cow kicks the little stool that the milkmaid was sitting on, and the milk bucket goes flying, and the cow's leg breaks off, and the milkmaid falls down and scrapes her elbow. She nicks it. And she says, look what you've done. Now I have to take my cow to the mender to have her leg glued back on again. She's really upset, so she sulks away carrying the cow's leg, and she's looking back reproachfully. So they say, like, we have to be very careful in this country. I always loved this chapter when I was a kid. It sounds really cool. Yeah, it is cool. This feels more Alice in Wonderland than anything else, I think. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. Especially the way that the people react. Yeah. They're always, like, kind of unduly rude to everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) They should not have made their country in the middle of the road between two populous metropolises. Well, they didn't think anybody was going to get in. (sighs) I guess. Populous metropolises is hard to say. Yeah. But I said it. So did I. (laughs) Um, She sees a princess and Dorothy wants to see what she looks like closer. So she starts chasing her and the princess says, don't chase me, don't chase me. If I run, I may fall down and break myself. (laughs) Well, shouldn't she just stop? The princess starts running first. Then Dorothy chases her. Then the princess says, stop chasing me. And Dorothy says, why? (laughs) And then she says, I may break myself. And Dorothy says, couldn't you just get glued back together? And she said, well, sure, but you're not really so pretty after you get glued together a bunch of times. And here comes Mr. Joker. This is Theo. She says, one of our clowns. He's always trying to stand on his head. So he's broken himself in a hundred places. Take a look at him. He's not pretty at all. 
Yeah, take a look at him. Here he comes now. And this fucked up looking little clown comes by with like lots of little cracks everywhere. Yeah. And he puts his hands in his pockets and he says, my lady fair, why do you stare at poor old Mr. Joker? You're quite as stiff and prim as if you'd eaten up a poker. And the princess says, respect our guests. The clown says, well, that's respect I expect. And then stands on his head. And the princess is like, let's get away from and this guy. Like, no, don't stand on your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's cool. He's built this world. There's this very fragile city, but then there's still this daredevil <laughs> who doesn't mind if he gets shattered every once in a while. Yeah. In fact, he seems to like glory in it a little bit and get some joy out of like shocking people with how cracked he is. Yeah. He's a perv. <laughs> He's I a guess. <laughs> That's just a guess. Um, Why? Whoa. Just a okay. guess. Do you think it's like no matter how shattered they become, if, as long as they can be reconstituted, then they're still alive? That's what Dorothy says, basically. Like, she's like, we have to be careful and leave soon because I'm scared we're going to break them even more beyond their ability to be repaired. I guess if they got ground into a powder, they're probably dead. Right. Well, you could probably turn them into something else, though. So Dorothy says to the princess, you're so pretty. Can't I take you back to Kansas and put you on the mantle? I'm sure I could love you dearly. <laughs> yeah, you're so beautiful that I'm sure I could love you dearly. I don't love you right now, but I, can I take you all the way back I, to Kansas? I could do it. Yeah, I think I might be able to muster up some love for you. And she says, that would make me very unhappy because when we're outside of the city, we have to be still and our joints stiffen. And that would be very um, unpleasant for me. So I'd like to stay Aww. here. Here we can talk and move as we please. But if we leave, all we can do is stand on the mantle. Yeah, Dorothy says, tough luck and <laughs> sticks her in the basket. <laughs> Here's my improvement to the story. Within these walls, just everything, every being has more flexible joints. So as soon as <laughs> Dorothy and the others go in, they just become sort of like squid-like creatures. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh God, what happens to the scarecrow then? Because he's already extremely flexible. He's jointless. Yeah. Oh, but the Tin Man would love that because he could never get stuck. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He should have been the leader of this country. He should be the king of the Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah. He. Okay. It makes so much more sense that they would think of him as a king than <laughs> the, the Woozles, the oh, Winkies. the Winkies. <laughs> because like, think about if you're made of ceramic, think about if you met someone, someone very durable. Yeah. Who just bends and dents and doesn't shatter. I think they're too worried he would break them, probably. Mm. But yeah, it does make sense. So they're walking along. They finally get there. Oh, she says to the princess, I wouldn't make you unhappy in all the world. So goodbye. And the princess says, bye. So while they're leaving, they all get on the lion's back to, because it's a shorter wall on the other side. They all use his back as a step stool, but he has to like spring and jump over the wall and while he's getting ready to spring, he accidentally bumps into a church with his tail and it, he smashes it to pieces. And they all Aww. are like, let's get out of here. And Dorothy says, well, good <laughs> thing we only broke a cow's leg and smashed a church because yeah, we could really could have been a lot worse. She smashed their whole little church. <laughs> eh, they've got more. So the scarecrow's like, well, I'm glad I'm made of straw. That's pretty good. <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. He says, there are worse things to be made of than straw, clearly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but I could just picture this so clearly, like the way, I mean, that was really talented writing, I think, was the lion twitching his tail, preparing to jump. And then he just knocks something over. That Cats do that all the time. Like we think they're so graceful, but they're clumsy. I, if the number of times one of my cats has destroyed a church, I can't even, <laughs> my apologies mean nothing anymore. Um, apologies to my brother wizard in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got more churches, right? NBD. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 21 is the lion becomes the king of beasts, Theo. Might be time for him to become P. 
Chapter 21, the lion becomes the king of beasts. So they jump down from the wall and they go through some nasty bog country. But soon enough, they find themselves in in a wide open space with big old trees. The leaves are soft under your feet. The moss is rich and green. It's a great place for a wild beast. Mm -hmm. And Dorothy says, I bet there's a bunch of wild beasts around. And the lion says, yeah, I bet there are, but I don't see any right now. So they keep walking, they go to sleep for a little while, the woodman and the scarecrow keep watch over them, and then when morning comes, they start walking around again, and they find an opening in the woods where gathered around are hundreds of beasts of every variety, elephants, bears, wolves, foxes, everything else. But the lion goes, no, 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 they're just having a meeting. Yeah, don't worry. And he realizes they're in trouble, they're growling and snarling. When he walks up, the great assemblage hushes as if by magic, and they say, Welcome, O King of Beasts. A tiger walks up to him and kind of tells him all about what's going on. The lion says, What's your trouble? And the tiger says, So there's this huge monster that's been going around, and nobody is safe. This description is so funny to me, because he says, (laughs) It's a monster like a huge spider. And then the whole description, it's like, Okay, spider, spider, spider. Spider. It's got eight legs. Yeah, it's got eight <laughs> it legs. It has a web. <laughs> he seizes an animal, drags it with his mouth, and he eats it just like a spider eats a fly. It's exactly like a spider. Like a spider. The lion's like, look, are there lions here? They say, no, the spider already ate them all. Oh, no. But they weren't as big and brave as you. So he's like, if I kill your enemy, will you make me the king of the forest? And they say, yes. So he's like, all right, ta-ta, friends. <laughs> I'm going to take care of this. He turns his baseball cap around backwards and goes strutting off into the forest. And he comes upon the great spider, which is no longer like a spider. It's just a spider. It's so ugly. The lion turns up his nose in disgust. It's Gross. And the spider is sleeping. And he says he notices a weakness, which is that the huge head is joined to the huge body by a tiny neck as slender as a, as a wasp's waist. Yeah. He's a little wisp of a thing, that neck. So he (laughs) jumps on the lion's back and swipes his head off. The spider's back. He's wanted to knock a head off and play, like, bat it around the floor since he heard about Oz. (laughs) I know. What if, like, he's really late to the meeting and they're like, what's he doing out there? I wonder if the spider got him. And it turns out he's just, like, playing with the head for, like, an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But he thinks to himself, like, I'd rather fight this guy asleep than awake. So let me just knock its head right off. That's too easy. And then he goes back to the beasts and he says, he says, you need fear your enemy no longer. And they say, yay, you're the king. But they don't know. Like, how does he prove this? Well, I bet if the spider still alive then when he comes back and he's like time to be the king they would say nah <laughs> can I just say yeah I kind of feel like someone who attacks people in their sleep Douche. kind of a coward <laughs> no yeah who would do that well the thing is he walked away without knowing the spider was asleep when he left the clearing do you know what he's referencing Rachel I'm not referencing that the time he punched Tristan in the face oh I'm not what? referencing that Jackie's <laughs> referencing that yes you are come on no that story is the intellectual property of inside the mind of a child genius so. <laughs> he attacked a sleeping person a friend of his <laughs> took off his head right at his slender little neck sorry Tristan sorry but the thing is I didn't make this big deal about now I have courage yeah because you got punched right back in the face like you don't get to come back and be victorious like <laughs> well he was pissed when Tristan punched him back I was why did he do that <laughs> yeah how rude what if you punched him in the face and then just stood over him and said I'm your king now <laughs> Whoa. you need fear your enemy no more <laughs> you need fear your enemy no more because I'm your enemy and now that I've gotten all my rage out on you you don't need to be afraid of me anymore <laughs> your enemy me is satisfied now that I've punched you while you were sleeping for the time being I am satiated don't feel the need to get back at me <laughs> 
Chapter 22 is called The Country of the Quadlings. This part is freaky. Jackie, you want to talk about it? I knew you would hate this part. I don't like it either. I do. So they come upon a big steep hill and they say, we got to climb up that hill. And then they see a head pop out and it's a little creature. And he says, the hill belongs to us and you can't come over it. And the scarecrow is very polite. And he says, we have to. (laughs) Yeah, he says, we have to. And so the guy comes out and he has a big head flat on the top, supported by a thick neck full of wrinkles. Thick is actually spelled T-H-I-C-C. I I think this is the first usage of it. (laughs) I think that might just be in your copy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm joking. It's not spelled like okay. that. It was just a great joke. Don't worry uh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, this scarecrow, I'm sorry not to do as you wish. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the this creature that pops out is like the opposite of the spider. He has a big, thick neck and no arms at all. <laughs> yeah. And a flat head. He looks at the creature and he's like, damn, that thing has no arms. I don't feel scared of this at all. And he <laughs> says, I'm very sorry not to do as you wish, but we're going to have to do it whether you like it or not. And so he starts to walk by him, but quick as lightning, he shoots out his flat little head and punches the scarecrow straight down the hill. <laughs> And he rolls all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> and the man laughs harshly and says, it isn't as easy as you think. <laughs> I love that. Just like, yeah. fuck the haters. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not as easy as you think. Yeah, right? <laughs> they're constantly underestimated. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time they're like, haha, watch these guys. Like, they think arms are going to stop us. In fact, we're more streamlined than ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just very aerodynamic now. I do have a headache usually, but... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing a quick pilot all can't fix. Um, a chorus of boisterous laughter came from the other rocks, and Dorothy saw hundreds, one behind each rock. Can you imagine? <laughs> she hundreds of armless hammerheads. Yeah. Says the lion got angry at the laughter <laughs> and gave a loud roar and ran up the hill, and then he got punched by one of the flatheads. Wait, you see? Wait, okay, you mean headbutted? No, there's no fist, right? No arms at all, but they they punch their heads out. Their head is kind of like a springy fist. Yeah. yeah. They punch the neck you is like heads. a spring that can recoil. The lion's line is so funny. He gives this little word of wisdom and he says, it's useless to fight people with shooting heads. No one can withstand them. <laughs> That's a great moral. That's some sagely advice. Take that with you in your life. You can try it all day long, but it's going to be an exercise in futility. Yep. So the tin woodman suggests they call the and monkeys, which I feel like that should have been the scarecrow's idea. This is a would have been a perfect three for three. The Tin Woodman's like, I'll try running up there, and then he also gets punched down. Yeah. Why didn't that happen? Um, because his response would have been to chop the guy's head off, and maybe <laughs> L. Frank's like, that's enough chopping. Yeah, the answer is right there. <laughs> Every problem can be solved with chopping. He's the tin decapitator. Starting with himself. He I mean he walks the walk. <laughs> yeah, he does right. walk the walk. You're right. <laughs> it's good for the goose or whatever. The monkeys show up and she says, carry us over the hill, and they pick them all up, and the hammerheads yell with vexation and shoot their heads high in the air, but they could not reach the winged monkeys. What do you think, Thea? I would never use that last monkeys. She could give it to one of her friends <laughs> and they could use it oh, for her. Uh, I guess, yeah, maybe there's that loophole. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Isn't her final thing supposed to be that she's supposed to set them free? Nope. She uses them to carry them over the hammerheads, okay. which I guess would be fun. I would flip them off as I was going over. I would be like, look what you can do with arms, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't you think? Oh, Jackie. Can't do this with just a little flat head. Okay, but don't you think if you only had a head and no arms, you would have come up with something even more vulgar that you could just do with your face and you would do it back at Dorothy? And it would be, like, we can't even imagine what that would be because we have the middle finger. 
It's like Daredevil, like all of his senses became stronger. Yeah. <laughs> the hammerheads would come up with an even more vulgar gesture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the <laughs> the leader of the monkey says, this is the last time you could summon us, so goodbye and good luck to you. And they go away. So the land of the quadlings is beautiful. I would have given the golden cap to the scarecrow right then and have him call them immediately just as a joke and been like, be like, ha ha, <laughs> thought you'd seen the last of us. You thought you had a really cool parting phrase, but how awkward for <laughs> well, you. Well, the thing is, she she grabbed the cap initially just because she liked the look of it. So I imagine she wants to keep wearing it. Hmm. Really? We'll see. Yeah. But she can't put fashion over the practicality of having more wishes granted. <laughs> she is very practical. She doesn't need it right now. I'm sure if she needed it later she would okay. okay the quadling land is beautiful but their color is red so all the houses and things are red it says the quadlings are short fat chubby and good-natured and dressed all in red which looks great against the the green grass and the yellowing green the monkeys set them down by a farmhouse they walk up they knock on the door and say can we have some food and the farmer's wife it says gave them a good dinner with three kinds of cake four kinds of cookies and a bowl of milk for toto mm. so they walk up to the beautiful castle of glinda it says there are three young girls dressed in handsome red uniforms trimmed with gold braid which i guess is what the evangelicals didn't like is that there were female guards at the castle um so they say oh we're here to see the good witch and they're like all right let's give her your name and they come back and say she says you can come in right away so chapter 23 is called glinda the good witch grants dorothy's wish which i think is kind of giving it away definitely is you know what's gonna happen so from this point on the chapters become extremely speedy it's like what becca said at the end of the most dangerous game it's like he, he just ran out of time and started like really speeding things up did you notice that so first everyone like makes themselves look better they go to see the witch it says she was both beautiful and young to their eyes she has red hair her dress is all white and she has blue eyes and they tell the story whatever so this is when she says please send me back to kansas if i don't go back aunt m will think something dreadful has happened to me which will make her put on mourning mm -hmm. and unless the crops are better this year than last year i'm sure uncle henry cannot afford we it we can't afford a black veil for my aunt so she wants to go home because she they literally cannot afford to mourn for their dead child is what she's saying. This is after the entire book. Is that the only reason she wanted to go home? <laughs> yeah. I really wish I could stay here, but I know that the crops aren't this good. And Like they will go bankrupt mourning for me. Yeah. I mean, that's a big reason. I don't think it was that reason before. I think people were just always so incredulous <laughs> about it. She felt like she had to come up with something like, else. Like, really? You yeah, want yeah. <laughs> to go back? Yeah. Why would you want to go back? <laughs> she comes up with this weak reason. Yeah. She says, sure thing, happy to send you back. But if I do this, you're going to have to give me the golden cap. And Dorothy says, oh, well, I'm happy to because it's actually of no use to me anyway. Don't say that, girl. <laughs> yeah. Say like, oh, I hate to part with it. But yes, anything, anything for you. Yeah. She's like, actually, it's I can't use it anyway. So here you go. And she <laughs> says, you can command the monkey three times. And she says, I think I'll only need it. Just those three. What could those three things be? What could they be? What do you be? think, Theo? Make a prediction. Does it actually happen in the story? Yes. We. She tells us what it's going to be, but we don't see it happen. Oh. And it has to do with Oz? I mean, it has to do with <laughs> everything in the book. It takes place in the land of Oz. <laughs> this is actually an excerpt from The Wolf of Wall Street. So tell three us what things. you think she wishes for. <laughs> yeah. I have no sense of what this character's motivations are. It's so obvious. She's good. Bring back the evil witches, but make them good. What else comes in threes? <laughs> 
Theo. What else comes in? Th- oh, the other characters with Dorothy. Yes. yes. So she's going to say See? distribute them throughout Oz? <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> Randomly drop them all over the place. What? The witch wishes for these things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? She has no... That's why he couldn't get it. He's like, it's illogical. She's good. Firing this She asks book. the other guys, she's like, what are you guys going to do after Dorothy's gone? And the scarecrow says, I will go to the Emerald City because I'm the ruler, but I'm worried about the hammerheads. And she's like, okay, I'll have them send you back. And she says, it would be a shame to deprive the people of so wonderful a ruler. And he says, am I really wonderful? And she says, you are unusual. You're unusual. (laughs) (laughs) And then she directly insults him right in front of him. So she asks um, the Tin Man, what are you going to do when Dorothy's gone? And he says, I would like to become king of the Winkies because they wanted me to rule them. And I'm fond of them. Yeah, and I like that. And she says, okay, well, my second command will be to carry you over to the land of the Winkies. And she says, your brain may not be so large to look at as those of the Scarecrow, but you really are brighter than he is, especially when you're well-polished. And I assume you will rule the Winkies wise and well. Yep. So to the Scarecrow, she said, you're unusual. And to the to the Tin Man, she's like, even though he spent this entire time trying to get brains, yours are actually better than his. She says you're brighter when you are well-polished, not especially when you are well-polished. <laughs> oh. So it's much more clearly a joke. <laughs> so she says to the lion, what do you want to do? And he's like, I just want to get over the hill of the hammerheads and rule the animals in the forest. Which, okay, here's what I, here's my problem. She could have just commanded all of the monkeys, just take them over the hill. Right, that's it. That's all they had to do. She could have had two more wishes. That's the only part they can't handle themselves. Yeah, but whatever. So she says, after that, after I've used the powers, I'm going to give the cap to the monkey king. And then he and his band will be free forevermore. So, I mean, it's pretty clear she's kind of wasting her wishes because she doesn't really need the monkeys and she wants them to be free. Do you think Aladdin stole this from her? Maybe. Poor Dorothy is like, well, that's so kind of you. What am I going to do? <laughs> like, you still haven't told me how I'm going to get back. <laughs> yeah, you and used she- them all up. <laughs> yeah. She says, well, that's really easy. Your shoes, your silver shoes are very powerful. And if you had known what power they had, you could have gone home the very first day that you got here. And then everybody else loses their damn minds. And it's like, but then I wouldn't have gotten a heart. And I wouldn't have got my curse. And I oh, wouldn't have got yeah. And I wouldn't have got And they freak out. And Dorothy says, yes, I'm glad I was of use to these good friends. But now they have what they most want and they're also happy because they have their own kingdom to rule each of them (laughs) so time for me to go to kansas (laughs) so she tells her just like in the movie all you have to do is click the heels together three times and say that you tell them where you want to go so click 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 chuck e cheese here i go and yeah she says click 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 and then you'll go anywhere that you say in three steps and each step is as quick as the wink of an eye so three clicks Say the name, then take three steps and you'll be there. So she says goodbye to everybody. She gets some more kisses. She hugs the lion. The funny thing is she hugs and kisses the lion and pats his head. She kisses the tin woodman who's weeping, so which is dangerous for his joints. And then it says, but she hugged the soft stuffed body of the scarecrow in her <laughs> arms instead of kissing his painted face. Hmm. Which is it because He's creepy. of the pins sticking out of it? <laughs> <laughs> But so they're all crying. She's crying too. And then Glinda gives her a goodbye kiss. Dorothy thanks her, picks up Toto and says, take me home to Auntie M. She doesn't say there's no place like home. That's silly. Yeah. I don't like there's no place like home because I'm like, okay, so the only thing the shoes can do is take you home. That's not cool. (laughs) But these shoes will take you anywhere. Well, you just have to say there's no place like blank. 
Yeah. There's no place like Kroger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is there is. There are so many Krogers. <laughs> no, it knows which one you want. Yeah, not your Kroger. There's no place like the particular Kroger I'm thinking of right now. Yeah. So she's whirling through the air. She feels the wind whistling. She takes three steps and then stops all of a sudden. She tumbles, rolls on the ground, sits up. Oh my God, I'm in Kansas. She looks down. She's just wearing socks because the shoes had fallen off somewhere over the desert, lost forever. Dang. Mm -hmm. They fell off in her flight. And she sees, she looks up and there's a new farmhouse and she sees Uncle Henry milking the the cows and Toto's running over barking a hello. Yeah. And there's a new farmhouse because again, they she lost the old house. She forgot to bring it back. <laughs> she locked it up though. It'll never be gotten into. So chapter 24, home again. Do you just want to read it, Jackie? It's in the public domain. Aunt Em had just come out of the house to water the cabbages when she looked up and saw Dorothy running toward her. My darling child, she cried, folding the little girl in her arms and covering her face with kisses. Where in the world did you come from? From the land of Oz, said Dorothy gravely. And here is Toto too. And oh, Aunt Em, I'm so glad to be at home again. That's the end of the chapter. And the whole book. Man, he really shot the bed at the end there. No, I I love the final chapter. I thought it was so good. I actually teared up a little bit because I got really into Aunt Em's mindset thinking her beloved child was dead and then seeing her again. I teared right up. Oh, like just recently today or something? Yeah, today when I was reading it over again. Hmm. I was like, wow, what a touching end. I was happy. I'm like, she really does love Dorothy because at first Dorothy just showed up because she had nowhere else to go and the aunt was always screaming whenever Dorothy laughed. But now she's so happy to see her and kissing her, and she's so glad she's not dead. What if, like, Dorothy had laughed when she got there because she was just, like, delighted to find herself back home, and Aunt Em was like, where is that coming from? <laughs> I thought I was free of that accursed noise. <laughs> yeah. What if it had said Aunt Em was watering the cabbages with her tears? Whoa. Eh, it'd be bad for cabbages. Oh, oh yeah, too salty. So this is like an absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe she was already fond, but absence made her able to show her fondness. To show her emotions, yeah. I would be so upset that I lost my damn shoes. She should have fastened those bad boys on a lot better. Yeah, I know. Does it work still if you just like wear them on your hands? She probably could have held on to them. I don't know. You have to click your heels together. I don't know if it works Mm. if you click the heels of the shoes or if it has to be your feet (laughs) heels with the shoes on them. So I'm really hoping at the end of our podcast journey, Mm -hmm. we will each become the rulers of some kingdom, right? I think I could pretty easily rule Bun. Yeah. The end of this episode or the end of our podcast? He means the whole thing. I was thinking the end of the podcast, but I guess by the end of the episode, I would prefer that, honestly. (laughs) The sooner the better, TBH. (laughs) Ask your brosard in the sky. Because think about it. If you were the ruler of an entire kingdom, you could make it a law that everyone had to listen to our podcast every day. Oh, what a great shortcut. Yeah. Every day? Well, they, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that because they might not enjoy it. I want them to enjoy it. So I would only make them listen to every episode at least once. Rachel, the stats don't care if they enjoy it. They just care about if they download it (laughs) and listen to it. Look, you hear that, listeners? If I'm the queen of a country. (laughs) (laughs) If you're still here, the stats don't care about you. If I'm the queen of a country, I'm sure some people will listen anyway. Just look at Obama's podcast or don't 
don't, listeners, do not look at it. No, don't even look at it. Don't In even fact, think about it. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. My impression of this book, because I know you all, uh, you always ask for my opinions, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He's learning. He's learning. Yeah. He's like the scarecrow. Yeah. Don't be shocked if I forget again next time. <laughs> but my impression of this book is it just kind of goes off the rails for the last eight chapters. It does. Okay. Here's another obstacle. Here's another obstacle. It just gets crazier and crazier. It definitely could have been longer. <laughs> like, there's one short chapter for every adventure, essentially. Yeah. And, they're, like, the part where the lion kills the spider is literally one paragraph. Yeah, he walks in, spider's asleep, bap. Right. It's like he just did it so that he could have a reason for them to ask the lion to be their king, but they already acknowledged him as their king the second he walked in. Yeah. Well, I think he just had a thing for people knocking other things' heads off. Like, he just had to throw it in there one more time. <laughs> I think it's funny. I do think the later chapters should have been longer, but I'm wondering if he's, like— <laughs> Kids are going to be thinking, all right, all right, get it over with. When's Dorothy going to go back? Well, then he didn't have to put in all those extra adventures. Yeah, so he just shouldn't have done any of those extra adventures. Well, they needed some things. Nobody needed the hammerheads. Two of them needed to become kings. I, I really like the little China city. That's actually my favorite part in the book from when I was little. It really made an impression on me for some reason. Why don't you just put all that earlier? Because it's on the way to Glinda. <laughs> but how about it not is? <laughs> yeah, just scrap the whole thing with Glinda. She gets home another way. Maybe the ceramic people are the ones who are enslaved by the Wicked Witch of the West. Maybe the hammerheads are the ones who initially th thank Dorothy for killing the Wicked <laughs> Witch of the East. If, <laughs> if you scrapped that part, Glinda, that I know that you would be complaining like, where's the fourth witch? There's supposed to be four. Why didn't she show up? No, I wouldn't. Don't look so shocked. The Rachel, I'm telling you. I'm looking you more shocked. I'm complying. No, I would think, okay, there are more books in this series. There'll be another witch thing. I love how you're not really rewriting it. You're just taking what already happens and like rearranging it. Yeah. That's literally how you make things better. That's how you revise things. Okay, Theo, it's in the public domain. So why don't you do that? I'm fucking busy. Do you realize how many podcasts I have to edit all the time? That's just what you do after you finish writing something is you say, okay, this seems like it's kind of unnecessary, but then this other thing isn't quite as interesting, so let me move the interesting thing that's unnecessary. I'm sure he replaced. did edit it, Theo. <laughs> Honestly, doesn't sound like it. If only everyone worked just like composers. It might have been that the end was longer and his editor was like, you need to cut that down. Which makes sense. Here's my what? idea. He said it was too short. Kids love top-heavy stories. Remember those big monsters you were talking about? Yeah. What if the Kalidas are made of China? And that's why they're dashed to pieces when they fall into the canyon. Wouldn't be very scary. Well, they seem really scary at first, and then it's like one of them likes to stand on his head. <laughs> no, then, then they realize, oh, we can just do this thing, and it will stop them. I don't like that as much. Or, or Mr. Joker, the clown with all the cracks in him, comes up at the end, and he, they're like, oh, here comes Mr. Joker. Look at him. And then he cracks open, and a Kalita comes out. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and it was like the, the Trojan clown. Whoa. Okay, that's adding extra stuff. But <laughs> We're trying to take things out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I would think, like, if one of these obstacles that they encounter, if it comes back or something, then that's fine. You know what I mean? But it's just like, let's just throw five more things at you at the end and make Theo listen to it for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> L. Frank Baum wrote the last few chapters just to personally victimize Theo. I feel it. I feel victimized. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it uh, It was better at the beginning, I have to say. Yeah. But the little hammerhead guys who punch things with their heads and have no arms and are super mean, 
A plus. Genius. Yeah, five stars. Genius. A plus, but you hate them, right? You hate them, but you admire them. You admire their moxie. <laughs> Sounds like she's jealous of them. It's a five star hate. <laughs> okay, which one is better and which one is worse between the fun gang or the hammerheads? The fun What's gang? The fun, the fun gang from Labyrinth, the ones you're supposed to chilly down with. Oh, is that what isn't that called? what they call themselves? Don't they say chilly down with the fun gang? No, I'll tell you who would win in a fight is the chilly down gang. Oh, you're right. <laughs> if the hammerheads only weapon is their heads and the chilly downs take the heads off. Oh, they'll take If they say, take your heads off, girl. And then they're like, okay. Oh no. How would they take their heads off though? They don't have any hands. Their necks are very thick and muscular though. So the, the chilly downs might be like, whoa, it's impossible. We've met our match. An immovable object in a irresistible force. I'm picturing you just unscrew their heads and they come right off. Unscrew, yeah. Well, then yeah. you don't need the chili. Well, what down. if the hammer heads pop off the chili downs heads, but they pop them off so far that they can't find? What would them happen again? is the chili downs would start walking because they're not that fast. The hammer heads would hit them with their heads. The chili downs bodies would like burst apart, like body parts flying Ugh. everywhere. Ugh. No, no, in in the way that they do it in the movie, not in a way with viscera. Oh, well, well, that's fine. That's not scary at all. <laughs> no, it's all wrong. No. It's all wrong. I don't want to think about that. It's all wrong. The Chili Downs the, would win. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like this is a Pokemon matchup with different types. Like the Chili Down is a head-removing type. The Hammerheads are a head-needing type. The Chili Downs would be super effective against... They're like fire and water. Yeah. They're attracting to each other. Oh. I need a head. You have a head. I, I need a head. I need to remove heads. You have a head to remove. <laughs> we have yeah. a mutual relationship there. And now it's not scary anymore. Yeah, I'm curious about what happened to the wizard. I bet he didn't make it all the way across the desert. You think he died? he died? Do you want me to find out if he did? Well, because Dorothy does say that she cried for a long time after he left her behind, but then she realized that she was glad she didn't get on the balloon. That kind of implies to me that maybe it was not a good idea to get on the balloon. Mm. Do you want me to find out if he comes back? That's going to be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Okay. We're going to reveal on a one-minute episode on the Patreon. Yeah. Okay, Jackie, are you going to fire it or not? Because I, I'm i definitely not uh, firing it. I remember reading it as a kid, and I really loved it. My sisters who read it really loved it. Little kids I babysat and read it to loved it. It's very inventive. It's super fun. Kids love it. I feel like I'm being pressured. Jackie, are you going to fire it? Because everyone important to me in my life. I'm telling you I'm not firing it, and I'm saying why. If we fire the book, do we get to keep the movie? No. Yes? No. Well, in that case... I think we should all watch the movie together and see if Rachel still hates it. I'm not going to watch the movie if the book gets fired. Oh, my God. No, I'm not firing (laughs) the book, but the last few chapters... The last few chapters... Yeah, we can at least fire the last few chapters. Rachel, here's the thing. Theo just wants to fire something, and you won't let him. So if you keep... Not firing things. Eventually, we're going to get to, like, the greatest book ever written. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get to read, like, Persuasion, and he's going to fire it. So you need to give him something he can fire. He won't get to. It's not up to one person. I want to use the sound effect. It's not that I just want to fire something. It's just that I don't tolerate imperfection, and this book (laughs) is imperfect. (laughs) Theo, that is not what the canon is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be perfection. Yes, it is. Nope. He defined it. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Wait till we hear what the audience has to say to you. Right. I hope firing we get some the book, hate not comments. firing the movie. Amanda Jane, send in some hate comments to Theo. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. How could you say that? Wait, what did Jack? What was Jackie's choice? She said no. I I didn't like the last few chapters. I thought they were too speedy and a little bit, um, you know, slapdash. But I, the rest of it, 
very weird. I mean, very, very inventive, very unusual. <laughs> very, I don't know if it's great, but unusual, it is unusual. Just like the scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you think this is much weirder than the movie? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, I kind of take for granted how weird it is because we are so used to it. And I can almost see how back in like the 50s and before that you would read this and think like, oh no, <laughs> I'm not letting my kids read this. <laughs> like there is a lot of decapitation. Right. <laughs> well, that was never one of the problems. It was always negativism or equality between the sexes or teaching people that animals can talk. <laughs> yeah. One of those things is not like the other. <laughs> Theo, look at the company that you keep in terms of wanting to fire the book. Look at the other people who wanted it fired. Yeah, but I have a different reason for wanting to fire it. He says that. He says that. I noticed you kept The Crucible by Arthur Miller, a man starring a man. He, he did fire a Shakespeare sonnet, though. I really wanted to fire that, but I felt pressure not to. Well, just fire you it retroactively. Come on, really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. No, it was so good. Now Jackie's going to attack you. <laughs> you better keep that play by that straight white man. <laughs> It was so good. Here's my dream alternate re reality. That they never made the movie as it is. And you don't have a shirt. Oh, gosh. Um, they never made the, the movie we all know and love of The Wizard of Oz. But during Tim Burton's early years when he was still a good director... If he had gotten yeah. a hold of this thing, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Think about the Tin Woodman origin story. If he in, had gotten a hold of this in thing. In Tim Burton's. <laughs> like, he's yeah. just never seen it before. That's the problem. Well, he never was able to get his scissor hands on it. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands was an autobiography. <laughs> he would have taken the script and gone... <laughs> Inspired by John Proctor, who can't help but tear up every single paper you give him. Whoa, somebody's got a callback going there. A couple callbacks. Damn, yeah. girl. No, I think Damn, Tim girl. Burton would have been a good director for this. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> he would have gotten the, the darkness of it. I do think he would have made it too dark and weird. Like, my opinion is the point of it is that Dorothy, because she's so little and she hasn't seen hardly any of the world, anything that happens, she's just like, yeah, this is normal. I'm not freaked out. Whatever. I'm fine with this. Let me take a nap. That is dark, though. Like, that's how you take advantage of children. But I think Tim Burton would have made it too freaky. Yeah. Maybe. But we'll see. We'll see once he goes back in time and does it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the movie was freaky. <laughs> I love it. I was just thinking I would love to do a scavenger hunt in this world. So now you're unfiring it? No. You love it. You just said you love it. Did I? He doesn't think it's a good piece of literature, he but he did. does want to be inside he said of it. I love it. The world that is built is great, but just you can't have a third of the chapters of your book be total garbo. <laughs> They're not garbo. You loved the hammerheads. You literally said you love the hammerheads. Didn't you like the China one? You said that was cool. I thought that was, I didn't care that much about that one. I guess I thought every chapter was great of those last eight chapters, but they shouldn't have been there. Okay. Save it for book two. <laughs> yeah, should have been in a sequel. Theo's just mad because he could have had a two-part podcast to edit instead of a three-part, and <laughs> this is all... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the story was pretty much done last time. I, I know, and it pretty much was. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that would have been so much better. Two-part podcast, wow. Hmm. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, this has been Fire the Cannon. Your host, Rachel and Jackie, have... Regaled you with a summary of a story. <laughs> and some jokes. Your producer, Theo, has listened to our summary of the story. Sighed heavily. And sometimes enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's switch things up this time. 
How about we give you some money on Patreon? If you go and create an account, I'll slide a couple bucks your way every month. How about that? You know, if that doesn't sound good to you and that sounds too much work, it actually would be less work for you to just go ahead and give us money. So if you want to do that, you could do that oh. at patreon.com slash fire the cannon. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The prestige. Yeah. <laughs> Our Instagram and Twitter are Fire the Cannon Pod. Our Facebook group is Fire the Cannon Podcast. You can also go to our website and it's www.firethecannon.com. We also have stickers. Can we harmonize that? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I had a bug in my nose. <laughs> We've got stickers. If you're a patron of ours, we're going to be sending you a nice sticker that Steven just finished the design for. Um, if you're only in the $1 tier, we're going to be sending you that bug that Theo had in his nose. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next time there's a bug in your nose, yeah, that was us. <laughs> it would be a shame if a bug were to go in your nose. It's extortion. Nice nose you got there. <laughs> be a shame if a bug went in. Yeah. No. Hey, that was a callback to your other podcast. I got that. Heck yeah. My other podcast called Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. Thanks for the uh, plug opportunity, Jackie. Everyone, check out Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. It's the one I do with my cousin, Joseph. It's really funny. It's kind of like this podcast, except you don't learn anything. In fact, you know less by the end of it. So this, they kind of balance each other out. It's very funny, though. My favorite is Joseph. He's my favorite part. There are two parts, and one of and the other one is me. Oh, my gosh. We're almost at the end of our arc for Quest of the Dragon, Whoa. which is the story I wrote. It's been a long journey. Oh, my gosh. Hasn't it been like three months? Yeah. Joseph's story only got one episode, right? And yours got like 11? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Okay. His story, it was 160 words. Mine was like 6,000. Well, Joseph needs someone on his side, okay? He needs not someone on his side. I thought maybe he was just all alone, just being trudged over by Theo all the time with his 6,000 words. We have a new patron to thank. We have an excellent new patron to thank. Yes, we do. And this one is all mine. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, oh, Rachel's. I know. She was my brother's friend first, so <laughs> kind of mine first. And now who talks to her most? Me, even more than Seth does. <laughs> Our new patron is... Sorry, Seth, no free clout. If you want us to talk kindly about you, give us money. So our patron this week is Yulana. She's a very good friend of mine, which I did meet her because of Theo, because I went to Korea to teach English and Theo's brother was there. So I met up with him and he was with a friend of his from college named Yulana. Very, very soon after meeting, Yulana found out that I loved the boy band Big Bang and we got tickets and we got to see them live in concert. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was amazing. We both bought each other really creepy pillows with the portrait of our favorite member of the boy band on the front and uh mine i don't it's all over the place steven is just like tossing it around um yulana <laughs> <laughs> one time she had it in her room like on her bed or something and her mom poked her head in and freaked out but wow. yeah it was a good experience yulana's a really really great photographer she has two nice dogs and she's a librarian right now so we're hoping hmm. she will recommend us to some people who love books Thanks, Yules. We love you, buddy. That's her nickname? Just for me. I don't know how she feels about it. Well, thank you so much, Yules. <laughs> Jackie, say it. Thank you, Yules. 
<laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for supporting us. I have to say, I actually feel like Yulana's kindness is most impressive because I don't know her at all and we've never spoken and yet she's giving a little bit of money to me every month. So thank you, Yulana. That is a wonderful yeah, gift. Yeah, she is being oh, the nicest to you. Yeah. No, she did make a <laughs> note that none of the money should go to Jackie, actually. Wait, what? Oh, shit. What? Yules? <laughs> Yules. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. this whole three-episode arc was in celebration of you, Lana. Um, yeah, we were building to this moment. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not kidding. If you become a patron and you're not already a patron, so no canceling and re-signing up, no. <laughs> Busted. If you're not already a patron <laughs> and you sign up within one week from the date of this release, I will send you a- Put a bug in your nose. I will not send you a bug in your nose. I will send you a what would brother wizard in the sky do bracelet. So coming up next, we are doing the very famous American short story Bartleby the Scrivener by Herman Melville, best known for his epic whale of a tale, Moby Dick, which I couldn't inflict that on Thea right now because that would be like at least like eight episodes. Yeah. Oh boy. And um, so we're doing Bartleby the Scrivener, which is much shorter and very weird and funny. So I think you'll all enjoy it very much. If you want to read it, just Google it. It's short. It's in the public domain. Check it out. Very fun. Does it start with call me Bartleby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scriven me Bartleby. It was a dark and stormy Bartleby. <laughs> it was the best of Bartleby's. It was the worst of Bartleby's. Okay, so the week after that, we will be... It is well be... known that a Bartleby of good fortune... Must be in want of a... Bartleby. 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 <laughs> the week after that, which I cannot believe Theo is postponing this because he's been trying to make us do it ever and ever sooner, but the week after that, we will be starting the first in a Picked by Patron series, which is our current king patron, Tristan, the one who was punched in the Tristan. face by Theo while he was asleep. <laughs> For some reason, he's giving us money. <laughs> I don't think he remembers that story. So unless he's listened to my other podcast. Can you imagine being known as the guy who got punched by Theo while you were sleeping? I also called him king patron. Tristan, just update your resume. You're the guy who got punched by Theo when you were sleeping, okay? He <laughs> is the only one currently in our tier where they you can force us to read anything you want and we will cover it. And he has chosen the book Confederacy of Dunces, which is by John Kennedy Toole. And if you are interested in reading along with us, I'm pretty excited to read it and talk about it. So you should go ahead and get started. <laughs> and here's the craziest thing. I'm actually reading it and I've already read a hundred pages and it's an awesome what? book. So you should all read it. All of you listeners. I actually, oh, you're ahead of me. I don't like that. Yeah. So we wanted to go ahead and give you guys a heads up so that you can start reading that if you want to. I think it's something that is generally like a cult classic. So um, Tristan made a great pick and we're very excited for that. Yeah. If you want to command fire, you can do so um, on patreon.com slash fire the cannon. C-A-N-O-N. <laughs> what if we made a tier for, if you go one above that, we make a new tier and it's like you can command any podcast to cover any book. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. <laughs> like a million dollars a month. And if they do it, we could probably get in touch with any podcast and be like, we will split this with you. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I bet it would work. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. It's been real. We love you now. Bye. Bye now. Bye now.